You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to an emergency clean sweep podcast, which is Elite Sports New York's Brooklyn Nets podcast. Um, I'm hoping this isn't too much of a panic podcast. We'll see where it goes. I have my guy, Nolan Jensen, with me. Nolan, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining me on such short notice. Are you excited to uh, talk about the musings of Kyrie Irving? I know it's going to sound terrible, but this is generally probably the most excited I've been to record a podcast. When you hit me up and said, hey, let's do an emergency pod. Let's um, let's uh, bring our thoughts onto the matter. I'm like, yeah, this should be good. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, 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 was, I wanted to do this in a podcast because I knew I wasn't really going to be able to like functionally write about it yet. Because um, mm-hmm. I just have so many thoughts. I feel like I need to get them down auditorily listen to them mm-hmm. and then decide where I really stand on this. Cause I'm still kind of processing everything. Um, right. I would just like to, before we get into it, I'm going to go through the, his actual quote itself. And yes, I'm sorry to everybody. I'm going to read the quote that bond temps put out. I'm not going to sit here and play the video. Uh, I, I think the message doesn't really change that much from the, 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 the text yeah, to video. Yeah. Um, but I would like to say, I think I want to give a pooch, a big shout out, uh, he he definitely kind of had me. I, I think actually listening to and I before we get into this, any of this, I want to kind of reiterate what uh, fueled me to do a podcast today was listening to his Periscope, um, which if you haven't go check that out. Uh, it it kind of made me not worry a little bit more about the net situation, and I'll get into that why. But definitely not want to just brush this over. My immediate reaction was, oh, this is just a story. I'm going to let this go. It is what it is. And now I'm like, yeah, why am I doing that? Like, I kind of want to actually dive deep into this. Um, so I, I want to give a sh- him a shout out for that. Uh, I, you checked it out, right? His, his, his Periscope? Honestly, it was fantastic. Everything yeah. he said, I couldn't have imagined saying it any better than he did. He's well-spoken. He uh he he brought his opinion. It was unfiltered, but it was also warranted. Yep. And the way he conducts himself, it's the other side of the fence. They can't be at all upset about mm-hmm. what he said. Yep. He brought up the culture. He brought up you know the upbringing of the culture a few years back to what it is now. He said, "Hey, like basically, Kyrie Irving has to also adjust to what we are, what we've built." Right. But he also you know, has kind of a, a valid point. Should he have brought that up to the media? Probably not, you know, because something like this, I know he didn't alienate anyone exclusively, but this definitely does not bring a locker room together. I agree. Let's let's read the quote for context. Um, you know, it's been torn apart by so many different people, myself included, little parts of it. So I think it's good to kind of get everything, the giant block of text uh, all at once. So, Bonteps tweeted out, Kyrie Irving was asked after tonight's loss to Philadelphia about this game against a top East opponent, showing how much work the Nets still have to do in order to compete at the highest level while waiting for Kevin Durant to return. Um, And then here's his answer. Kyrie says, I mean, it's transparent. It's out there. It's glaring in terms of the pieces that we need in order to be at that next level. I'm going to continue to reiterate it. We're going to be the best with the guys that we have in our locker room now, which I think is a good thing to say, Um, and we'll worry about all the other stuff in terms of moving pieces and everything else as an organization down the line in the summer. It's just something that we signed up for, which is a weird, weird sentence that I still don't quite understand what he means by (laughs) that. Um, We knew what we were coming into at the beginning of the season, uh, and I'm assuming that's referring to KD. Guys were going down left and right. GT is out. 
DG, DJ just got hurt tonight. Wilson is coming back. We've got complimentary young guys as well that have done a great job the last three years, which is something that people have been bringing up a lot that are defending him, which I think is good. Collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but it's pretty glaring. We need one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, KD, DJ, GT, Spence, Karras, and we'll see how that evolves. So, um, I'll be honest. My immediate reaction yesterday, and I tweeted out uh, probably about within one second of it coming out. Was, yeah, you this did. Is an atrocious statement. Uh, uh, it, which I don't really. I've tried. I because I was so. I when you're in the heavy minority on something, right. um, it's really easy to be like, "Am I overreacting? Am I in the wrong here?" Um, and I tried to see it from the other side. I got into a lot of discussions deep, deep, deep into the night. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't sleep a lot last night because of it. And I don't, I, I feel the exact same way <laughs> if we're being honest. So two things bother me. You know, you can say he should have gone through the entire 15 man roster or, you know, or he doesn't have to do that, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think, and again, credit to Pooch. He mentioned that. The guys that he named at first were the guys that he, his little friend group, is what I'm going to refer to that as, with him, KD, DJ, and GT, who was the guy that he recruited, he brought them up first. And that just shows you a, this is a me first, it's all about me mentality. That's what that speaks to. I think that was probably the most valuable point of Pooch's Periscope. The other thing that he said is, it's glaring. He mentioned that twice. It's glaring about a team that is missing their best player. And hasn't had him on the court for 26 games. The only <laughs> thing that was glaring was that he shot six for 21 last night. Yeah. To me, I, I I'm just I'm just saying like I don't I I get that he's frustrated. He's done this before. We can all sort of glance over this and act like, you know, he's you know he's making a valid point. The Nets need to make moves. That's fine. But the execution of this, the timing. I think is irresponsible to do it now in January. Talk about the summer when there's three months of the season, a potential playoff run. We'll see how that goes now. Mm -hmm. Um, And on top of that, the timing after a poor performance, that's something that we've seen from him before. It's, I think it's worth, it's worth being concerned over. Well, could you imagine if a uh, anonymous quote came from the Brooklyn Nets organization where it's like, yeah, you know, it is pretty glaring that we need a piece or two to be considered genuine contenders. But, Kyrie, we also need you to be healthy for 35% of the season to get to that point. I, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, like yeah. would that be any worse than what he said to me? No, not really. Because, and again, I don't, you know, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm looking at his body of work in Boston, translating over to what just transpired. But the way I look at it is, man, we do, and Pooch said this in his Periscope too, it feels like we're reiterating everything he said just because it was just that damn good, Yep, is that we need a leader. You know, This is not going to bring a locker room together whatsoever. Sean Marks really can't make a move until this summer. I mean, a, a significant move. I mean, he could shuffle the decks at the end of the depth chart. You know, maybe add in a few more 10-day contracts, release some players, whatnot. But under this current uh, logistical situation, you can't really make a significant move until Levert and uh, Prince's contracts kick in this summer. So the next 42 games, Kyrie Irving has to play with those guys that weren't mentioned in that tweet. I'm talking Joe Harris. I'm talking Jared Allen. I'm talking Torian Prince. That's three starters. That's 60% of your starting five that you didn't involve into that uh, block quote. And, I mean, yeah, they're professionals to get paid millions of dollars, but can we not look at the human aspect of this? You know what I mean? Like, if imagine, and this is what I, I tweeted about, but I, I didn't fully go into it. I know. <laughs> you weren't ready to go there. To the- I was ready to go. And you know what? I'm going to go now, you know? I waited until this podcast because I didn't feel like I could get what I wanted to say across in 280 characters. Imagine you've been at a job for two or three years, right? And they bring in new blood, you know, and he comes into the lunchroom. Your manager brings him in, shows him to everybody. You know, this is obviously a handpicked guy. He's supposed to change. Well, not really change the culture, but get you guys to that next level. And you're like, okay, you know, that's cool. And then let's say, I don't know, 14 shifts 
into his tenure, <laughs> you find out that uh, he's basically saying, yeah, with what we have currently as constructed, and you're like a 15-man shift too. <laughs> <laughs> And he's saying, yeah, well, what we have currently, this is not going to get us over the hump. You're looking at him like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> you just got here. I don't even know your name. So the human aspect of this is like that locker room right now. I mean, it might not be divided. I might just be overreacting. But come on, dude. So here's the defense that, that I've seen a lot is A, he brings up a valuable, a valuable point. That's what people are saying. Fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. That is, it is a valuable point. It's a point I've made. I, I tweeted it literally as the game was going on that they're missing a 3-4 th- kind of combo guy. I still feel that way. Right. It's different when you and I are speculating on our Twitters with a thousand, whatever, 1,300 followers, whatever we have, our small little sphere of influence, and we're not part of the Nets. Like, why, why are we... Why are we acting like it's he's you know he's saying what the fans want? He's saying what the fans want. That's not his job. It's not. That's it's not. never been his job. That's never his job. He's the leader of a fourteen man group or a fifteen man group, fourteen other guys, and they're trying to win a championship. That's what and that's what makes the fans happy. Not giving the message that the fans want. That's ridiculous. I, I and so what people come back to? Oh well, LeBron's done this. First off, first off. <laughs> That's the biggest blemish on LeBron's on his resume, is that he outcasts players. Um, his shenanigans arguably could have cost him a championship in Cleveland. There were those rumors flying around that they could have gotten PG thirteen and added uh, PG to Kyrie and him in Cleveland. That's a mm-hmm. real thing. You can look it up. It's this is not hard to look up, and it's because he wouldn't sign a long term deal. He made it all about himself. He made it about keeping his flexibility. Me, me, me. Right. It's one of my least favorite things about LeBron James. LeBron James is one of my favorite players ever. It is something that's impossible to look by. What he did last year to the Lakers' young core was also mm-hmm. pretty inexcusable. Um, and I, I get it. I understand that you know he needed to make those moves to get Anthony Davis. I understand the logistics of it. It doesn't make it okay from a human aspect. Um, and, and here's the thing is that there isn't an Anthony Davis sitting around. That's the part yeah. that I also don't understand. Like, what, what are, like, what is this? Constructively speaking, what is he getting done in January, uh, with Nothing. complaining about the summer? There's no one sitting there. It's not like Cat, like Carl Anthony Towns is like musing about playing next to him and Kevin Durant. He's not. They're they're trying to put D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, and the last thing, guess what? He's not on LeBron James's level. No. I, I'm like, I don't know. I. I I, I hate to be like bring up rings culture or whatever it is, but it's like, dude, you haven't proved anything in Brooklyn. I know yeah. that it's a different perspective from somebody that's been, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a diehard fan. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I am. Um, I haven't been through the trenches with this team. So maybe that's a little bit different when you've been through so many downs as a fan, when you finally get somebody that picked, picked Brooklyn and was a longtime Nets fan. I understand why you would attach to that guy, but I'm telling you from the other side, what he said and completely outcasted all the guys that, by the way, he picked to come to, this group that he picked, all the young guys that he said, hey, can carry the weight for me when I need to take a load management day, it's, it's I don't know, I, I think it's like a really, really shitty move on his part. I will say this, and to touch base on what you uh, just said, I think probably it's a 70-30 split where 70% of people are uh, defending Kyrie Irving. Yep. You know, and I, I completely understand why. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on you whatsoever. And the other 30% are looking at Kyrie Irving and they're, eh, you know, the move was a little questionable. They look at what happened in Boston last year and this is not a path that they want to go down. But I will say this, if the Nets were winning, if they were not 18-22 and 22, and yep. Kyrie Irving came out and said, hey, we need a veteran uh, in our locker room, you know, kind of in a similar sense he said last year in Boston, oh, we need a comp- complimentary piece or two. And they were 27 and 13, not 18 and 22. Uh, I don't think anyone bats an eye. But that's just what winning does. This season, um, I guess we'll segue into this. I'll ask you a question. 
Could this season have gone any worse through the first 40 games? No, 100% no. I'm going to touch on that last point you made. Here's the problem with... with I, I do agree. If they were winning games, that'd be great. But you also wouldn't... We, I don't think you'd be hearing these statements from him if they were winning, personally. Well, maybe to uh, get over that hump and really make that playoff push come April. It's kind of, hey, we need this additional piece. Uh, maybe if Melo was still available and he yeah. kind of you know, advocated for him. Then... I would look at him and say, you know what? Yeah, like, I agree. Like, I do. And I do agree with what he said. This team as constructed right now, even if you add in Kevin Durant, I don't think they're playing basketball in June of 2021. No, I don't like, think I don't. so either. I But that's something that you deal with after. Like, if they lost, like, so ideally, he would say all this after a tough loss of the playoffs. Like, I would be able to stomach that a little bit better. But it just feels 100%. like you're undercutting the guys in year one. He's not quitting. He's not quitting on the season. But it's you're putting yourself in a situation where guys are going to quit on you now. <laughs> I, I no. think. so. You're also putting yourself in a situation where, okay, you've come out, you said this, you need new players. You better win. Now the pressure's really on. The pressure yep. wasn't on before once you came Very to true. Brooklyn. Now the pressure's on that, hey, we need new guys. You know, it's kind of a, I guess a quote-unquote wake-up call to Sean Marks, if you want to call it. I need new guys. Sure. So now, at the beginning of next year, Come October, you gotta win. So I'm gonna answer your question about first 40 games going as badly as possible. Uh, yes, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, even when they had bright spots with Nawaba, of course Nawaba gets injured. Um, <clears throat> Kyrie coming back and throwing the team under the bus in his first three games is obviously not ideal. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's important that you know say what you want about his list. What's the average age of the guys that were mentioned? Oh, like all 29, bad. 30? Yeah, yeah. DJ. So, Go ahead. So, right. So, and all the guys that weren't mentioned, young guys, whatever. We've seen this before. Star player mm-hmm. wants young guys gone. He wants guys to come in that know what they're doing. That's fine. But what has Mark's done this year? He's treated this almost like it's a developmental season. He's brought in two-way guys. He's brought in guys uh, on 10-day contracts. So what Kyrie's saying is kind of counteracting what the organization is doing. That's the part that kind of concerned me a little bit. Is That's a good point. Like I, I just That stood out to me a little bit. And it goes against everything that Brooklyn's built. They value their own picks so much. Um, they don't like to give up on guys. They don't like to punt no. on the guys that they have that are homegrown. And, you know, I think the last part that I want to bring up is Pooch, Pooch mentioned this second favorite point on the, on his periscope <laughs> was that, uh, this is just the Pooch, the, the Pooch shout out hour. <laughs> um, no, no kidding. Uh, deservedly so, um, is he mentioned how they handled his injury and how bizarre it was and how he was suddenly back all of a sudden. Um, and he's playing in back-to-backs with no minutes restriction, how he's never seen anything like it. Look, Pooch has been around for a while. He's been covering this team for seven years. He knows exactly how they operate. He knows mm-hmm. how the team operates better than you and me, uh, and most people that cover the team. He's around the team all the time. I, I can do, you know, I, you and I do pl- plenty of things Nets-related, but I, I... Not to the extent. Not to, not the to extent. that extent. We're not around the team like that. So when he's that concerned about something and bringing it up, it's something that I almost want to be like, hey, do we need to look a little bit further at this? I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't want to. I just I thought it was interesting that that came up. No, that's a good point. It is kind of ironic, the transparency that Kyrie Irving uh, provided with that block coat when we yep. still don't really know what the hell is going on with that right shoulder. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. I'm going to answer. What, do you think that everything has gone about as badly as possible? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I told you in let's say july you know a week or two after the clean sweep tweet by adrian wojanowski that's now famous around that's twitter that 40 games into the season we're talking what's the date today january 16th that they would be 18 and 22 that karis lavert and kyrie irving were both to miss 26 games (laughs) and that kyrie irving in the middle of january and i would just straight up copy paste what he said to you and throw you in your dms like hey read this this is the worst possible outcome, which yep. also means that, hey, we're now at rock bottom. You know, brighter days are probably ahead. Kevin Durant's coming back next October. But right now, as it stands, this is this is not a good situation. And like my uh, boy Nick Hinkle, Piston Powered brought up, yep. who used to uh, blog about the 
the Brooklyn Nets. He's like, this is, I mean, outsider's perspective, this they're looking at this like, uh, I really hope this is not a rehash of what's going on in Boston. I'm not going to say that it is because I honestly don't think it is. Yep. But this is definitely not something that I wanted to see Kyrie Irving say, you know, three games after returning from injury. He's only played 14 games. Um, yes, there's a lot of intangibles. There's a lot of factors. But with him in the roster, end of story, Matt. They're 5-9. and nine. Yep. They're a 500 team without him. Yeah, like I said, a lot of intangibles, a lot of factors there. But end of story, you're five and nine. You just came off a horrific shooting night. I think you were one and seven, one for seven down the stretch. Yep. I forget what his plus minus was, but it was ungodly. And you come out with that quote, like maybe you know, maybe we do need to hire a PR team for you. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like they have a, a handle on the situation at all with him. That this, like, it's this is two times in the last two weeks where. The first time everybody kind of assumed that it was uh, that they put him out there, like that was kind yeah. of the assumptive claim was that oh they put him out there to suddenly say that he's better. I would not be surprised if that comes out and it's like yeah they weren't planning on him taking the uh, pedestal and being like uh, oh, I'm the, good uh, to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I wouldn't be surprised either. It was it was bizarre because it completely counteracted everything that that Kenny said like two days before. Right. Uh, well, look, yeah. I don't want to make it too much of like a things are going wrong internally because I just I don't have that information. I don't want to juxtapose that. Uh, I will just say that this one situation was handled really poorly on his part. Um, and I think that there are things to be wary of now with him. And I'm I'm hoping that, as you said, Durant comes in, he fixes this. He's going to take a lot of those tough media questions but I, you know, Kyrie is the most outspoken guy on the team. We can just say that you know Durant is this fantasy land, and he's going to come back. He's going to average thirty, coming off an Achilles injury, guard the best players in the league, um, <laughs> handle every single question as somebody that hates talking to media. Because um, say what you want, like Kyrie, yes, for all of like his, I hate the media. He's very, very happy to give long, long answers, um, right. and to a fault at times. So. You know, I yeah, I don't yeah. know. I I just I'm a little I'm a little wary of it. Well, <laughs> it's funny you bring up the Kevin Durant is going to come back and fix everything situation. Kevin Durant is, in my opinion, the most versatile scorer that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. At his size, his skill set, he can pull up anywhere on the court. He's unstoppable. He's an absolute machine. But we're also kind of asking him, like right now, as it stands, when we look at you know the top tier teams in the Eastern Conference, when we look at like a Giannis Antetokounmpo type players or Ben Simmons were like okay well who's going to guard them like Kevin Durant so we really are we're like asking a quite a bit from at the end of the day it's a 32 year old when he comes back right coming from arguably the worst injury you can sustain as an NBA player I'm like yeah he injured the right Achilles which is important you know you look at the Dominique Wilkins theory he plans down with his left that's of importance but they're going to need a secondary guy who can defend those type of players right. so Kevin Durant doesn't have to you know, exert that much energy on the defensive end, taking away from what he is on the offensive end. It's where we really need him. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, like, I, w- would you want to make a move at the deadline? Like, Do you think it's dire? Because I, I, I think it was interesting that for all of what Kyrie said, that he pushed yeah. it back to the summer. I thought that was What's... a weird detail that I don't think people hit on enough. Yeah, because there's nothing you can do right now if you're Sean Marks and company. I mean, like I said, you could like shuffle the deck around the latter half of the depth chart, maybe add yeah. in, you know, a couple 11, 12 year veterans to kind of help, you know, alleviate pressure in that locker room. But at the end of the day, like you cannot really make a significant move until this summer. So that core that Kyrie Irving has, you know, doesn't really think too highly of, and I don't think a lot of us feel highly of, but again, we're fans. He's Kyrie Irving. He's the leader of the locker room. You kind of stuck with those guys for the next yep. 42 games. So, like, I'm really going to start paying attention to chemistry, body language, mannerisms on the court. And I may look like, okay, well, you're digging in way too deep. But at the end of the day, like, this team wants to compete next yep. year for a championship. You can't have this bullshit. Right. I think this was the wor- the worst part about this is preseason. This was my biggest fear was, like, Durant's not going to be there. The team's not going to be that good. And he's not going to handle it well. Um, I I got this. The quote is just like the worst case scenario. Of that. It's like every 
aspect of the organization that I think that people liked, at least from an outside standpoint, it was attacked. I like, honestly, I, I don't really know. Uh, like I, that might feel really harsh, but it, I feel like he hit on every single, you know, like the core guys, the, the, the right. way the team's been playing. Uh, it just like, I don't know. It, I, I get it. Like you got, sometimes you got to call out the team um, as the best player, but they're just it could have been phrased better. I I, I think that's just going to be the the tale of his career. It's just him and that could have been said better. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, basically, it's crazy. Um, um yeah, I should I should want to quickly uh, mention something really quick. We've been harping on him the entire podcast thus far, like twenty five minutes in. Yep. At the end of the day, I can I think I can speak for both of us where we're happy Kyrie Irving's on this roster. We enjoy watching him play. We yeah. think he's. He is a, his resume speaks for himself. All NBA second team, All NBA third team, six time All Star, NBA champion. He's hit one of the biggest shots in recent memory. But at the end of the day, man, you're probably there. Really, isn't too many better second options, right, for an offense you can get. But him or you're PG, also yeah. But you're also that you're a championship caliber second option, right. right? I know that you're the best player right now on this team as it stands. But given your, you know, let's be honest, prior history and that, you don't really have that leeway. And you mentioned LeBron James. LeBron James, I mean, I watched Wizard Michael Jordan, so I can only say from what I've seen. LeBron James is the greatest player that I have obviously ever seen. Me too. And you're... Probably one of the best second options in the NBA right now. You don't have that power, even if you're the best player on a team right now. Yep. Um. You, okay, so I have two things. I have I I I think he's just ironic to me. I think that's where this is going. He's just like a man of irony. Two things are ironic for me. One, he brings up like the he did this he did this more last year with the Celtics, but he brings up like the concept of guys not knowing about winning and not knowing what goes into winning. But I think the biggest thing that takes like tears the team apart. And we saw this with the Celtics was, you know, like talking to the media and essentially throwing guys under the bus. That's been the biggest like equation so far, the divider, essentially it's up there like talent. Yes. But like, if you divide a locker room, that's like, you've already been through this. Why are you making the same mistakes and talking about, Oh, these guys don't know about winning. Right now, you're exhibiting one of the two biggest flaws that you can make as a uh, as a hopeful winner. I don't know. For me, at least. I don't know if that's a valid point. Over, under, from here until April, how many, um, how many uh, you know, kind of high-tension plane flights do you think this team has? Oh, man. Because that was, Who's like, one of the biggest talking points. Um, DeAndre Jordan is a great vet. He's also a really nice guy. Uh, I think in terms of who's going to be able to kind of, uh, I, I won't say step up to Kyrie Irving, but kind of contradict his points. I mean, Boston didn't have that guy. They wanted it to be Al Horford, but kind of like DeAndre Jordan, he's a nice guy. But I, I don't know. And that's also, I would want you if, if you, if if you don't believe that this team as constructed can win a championship or they don't know how to win, talk it out with them in private. Go right. to Kenny. Go to Sean Marks. Right. Discuss this internally. The last thing you need is to make this public. And it's like, oh, well, fans are all thinking the same thing. Again, Matt, we're fans. Yep. We think irrational shit. Yep. This can't be coming from you. And they're losing. Like, the again, the timing of it, as you said, if he brought it up when they're winning, okay, but they're losing, and then you're going to the media after you have a bad game, you have one of the worst games of your career, and you talk about how this team isn't good enough. It's like, I just, I don't know. It's just the optics are really bad. Um, all right, one more thing of subtle irony. Not even subtle. Um, so he talks about kind of di- talking about how the team needs to go. and not, Like, basically, I, I, I honestly feel like I need to read the quote at this point. This is what happened. This is what I want to read at the beginning. But it sounds like he thinks the team isn't good enough. The guys that he, so the, the first four guys named, it was him, KD, DJ, Garrett Temple, if I'm picking the three most inconsistent guys on the team from a night-to-night basis, I think I'm going Torian Prince, Garrett Temple, and DeAndre Jordan. 
It's like yeah, you man. you brought these guys in and you gave you that. literally negotiated. You and Kevin Durant negotiated ten million dollars worth of a contract for the next four years for DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, that money could have spent. You know, obviously could have been spent elsewhere. It's but, a little yeah. ironic. It's just a little. It's a little ironic. I I, I don't know. No, one hundred percent is ironic. It's and like it's, <sighs> if anyone deserves to come on here and spew this after the last seven weeks, it'd be Spencer Dinwiddie. Who, by the yep. way, completely outplayed you in that Philadelphia game. But yep. that's neither here nor there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he was like, and, and, you know, like, I don't know. Like, the guys that were pushed to the to the fringes, Joe Harris is a mess. Uh, oh, Joe God. Harris looks so out of sorts because he was basically their second option for about a month and a half of the season. Um, right. You know, Dinwiddie got pushed to like the edges of what his body could handle <laughs> as a completely down, <laughs> downhill guard. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I, I feel like I'm running out of thoughts. I want to get those last two. And I don't know if you have anything else. Um, I, I want to talk about Joe Harris for like, like 45 seconds. Let's do it. I, yeah. Let's you, talk about you it. You can't, you can't just bring him up to me and then like skip over it. <laughs> Joe Harris, you think that, I mean, okay, you're right. Over the last, you know, seven weeks, he's been asked to, for a lot of games, become that second option, which means defenses are going to uh, look at you, you know, more intensely. You're going to get run off the line. You're going to have to create once you put the ball on the deck. And you're going to sometimes, I mean, he's been asked to create for others too, whereas on drives and going under the hoop and, you know, feeding Jared Allen or DeAndre Jordan for an open dunk or right. you know, pulling up even mid-range, etc. But now it looks like all that has actually made his game worse in the situation that he's in now because it yep. always looks like he doesn't know what to do in some situations. We're like, okay, I caught the ball. I'm beyond the three-point line. Honestly, I could heave it. I'm one of the best three-point shooters efficiency-wise that this league has ever seen. But I'm looking to create, I'm looking to, you know, add in those other dynamics of his game that he was forced to create or forced to use out of necessity when everyone was gone. And now it's like it's, it's gone into his mental and he doesn't really know how to play within the flow of this offense once Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyrie Irving are on the court with him at the same time. You want a zesty, completely stupid conspiracy theory? What's this? I don't know if he's coming back. I don't know either, and I'm the I don't biggest know. Joe Harris guy. I don't know. It just him not getting named, which okay, whatever. It's an off the cuff answer. Fine, that's totally fine. It probably is an off the cuff answer, but him being completely out of sorts more than any other core guy right now yeah. is something to monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, him being a free agent next summer and there not being a ton of buzz from them on what they're doing. They said they wanted to pay the tax. Right. It, it like the way he's playing, it just, I don't know. It, it's like, it reminds me a little bit of the, of the Russell thing in last year's playoffs. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take it a, another step um, further. <laughs> At the beginning of the year, you know, this is the events in China where Kyrie Irving refused to take off his half of the team photo, all that nonsense. Yep. Joe Harris has publicly backed his teammate now on multiple occasions. Right. Where he said, Kyrie Irving is a great teammate. He's a misunderstood guy. He's a complex guy. But basically, like, I love him. We all yep. love him. And he's now backed you multiple times, Kyrie Irving. And he's looking at this quote like, you think highly or more highly of Garrett Temple than me? Yeah. Like, what crazy. the hell, man? Crazy. And, they, like, they have a history. Like, I, 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 you know what? Hold on. Give me, I have a ton of Media Day quotes. Let's just read one of these for fun. Just a really awesome Joe Harris. Uh, give me a sec. Give me a sec. I don't know if I'm going to find it. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to find uh, it. Uh, all right. I might have to give up on this. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all know that Joe Harris is a great guy. He's a great teammate. And that he's, you know, publicly packed Kyrie Irving now on multiple occasions. And for him to not be thrown into that list, I'm like, hey, by the way, Kyrie Irving, you're going to need a catch-and-shoot guy with how you guys play, especially yep. with Kenny Atkinson's motion spread offense. And there really isn't too many better in the league right now than Joe Harris. But whatever. Yep. I don't know. Um, do you like my th- – well, I, you obviously don't like it. What do you think of my theory? 
that I'm worried he's on the way out. It's just weird how much he's like it's. So what troubles me is that his numbers have fallen as the season off a cliff, which is like just I feel like that makes no sense in a lot of ways. And like the way he's played the last couple of weeks, where he's just second guessing everything. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I mean, look, we can all act like these guys are professionals. They don't have emotions. They're basketball robots. Whatever the hell you want to throw out there. These guys need to be tough. They need to have that Brooklyn grit, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> if you feel like you're in a situation where you're not necessarily wanted or whatever it may be, um, maybe you're, you don't, you're not sure if you're in their plans, whether that's said or unsaid, if you don't feel like you're, if you're at least questioning, if you're going to be included in this championship core long-term, that's going to affect mm-hmm. how you play. I don't care of course it is. what, like, who you are, uh, I don't care about how you approach the game. It's going to affect you a little bit, especially when you're somebody that's clawed his way into the league, um, been cut before, been in really low places, in two different destinations uh, as a young player. I so. also don't know if Brooklyn necessarily, and like I want to be completely honest with you, I don't know if they necessarily want him back. You know, I'm looking at the more physical matchups or in playoff rounds, like he. His matchup against Philadelphia is absolute hell. If yeah. they want to throw Matisse Thibel on him off ball, mirroring him, yep. there's there's nothing there for him. Yep. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, Utah was tougher, really, really tough for the, the pro Joe Harris crowd, which you are staunchly in. I'm I'm like a moderate. I'm, I, I like Joe Harris, but um, it was tough. Like he was – Joe Ingles didn't just outplay him a little bit. It was like uh. – and 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 Bojan because they were kind of switching quite a bit. Right. Uh, that was tough to see a little bit. A lot of floaters tossed over over our guy uh, Joe Harris. But, I was looking at Utah now. Uh, now that you mentioned Utah, it's like going this little brief tangent. I was looking at Utah and how they operate on both ends of the basketball court, and mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this is exactly how I want Brooklyn to play. Like yep. you got your initiator in Donovan Mitchell. You got, you know, off-ball players in Bohan Bogdanovic and Joe Ingles who can also put the ball on the deck and create, not just for themselves, but others too. You have Royce O'Neal, who's arguably already one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And then you got Rody Gobert, who's, I'm sorry, everything I want Jared Allen to become. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. There was a play that they ran. This is, this is I do this on every show. I have to bring up a play-by-play thing, no matter what I do. <laughs> Uh, which tells you where my interest is. So there's a play they ran. I don't remember what quarter it was. I'm not good with timestamps like that. I just know what happened. Uh, the I think it was Donovan Mitchell had it at the top of the key, like three-point line essentially. Um, Rudy Gobert looks like he was going to come out and set a ball screen uh, to basically slip the screen. And as he was slipping and rolling to the rim, um, they had, I think it was, I think it was Ingles set like a back screen. So where his back's, uh, facing the hoop and, and Gobert basically was like a backdoor cutter. A seven mm-hmm. foot one guy was a back. <laughs> and I'm just like, the Nets would never have the audacity to run that. If we're being honest, like ever, it's just like, it is what it is. I'm sure this system will work well once they have better talent or talent yeah. that suits it. Cause I think this is really, really important now that they get the right guys, and maybe that's what Kyrie was harping on, but, um, yeah, I, 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 it's nice. It was really fun to watch Utah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's been a weird season. It's been a really, really weird season for everybody. I think. Uh, Can I throw this on you really quick? Go for it. How important are the next 42 games for Kenny Atkinson? <laughs> that's a heavy hitter wow. deep into uh, the episode. <laughs> 38 minutes in asking me that. <laughs> <He's a dick. laughs> uh, wow. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't you want me to answer fast. Want me to answer first and you can kind of yeah, answer that. I'm I gonna... could, I, cause I just recently kind of wrote about this. Um, all in all, this is, you know, quick disclaimer before I get into this. I think Kenny Atkinson, sorry. Deserves the opportunity to coach this team at full health in the 2020-21 season. But at the same time, I think these next 42 games are not just telling for the complimentary pieces on the roster, but Kenny Atkinson as well. Because he has his flaws, you know. Right. Questionable rotations, lack of in-game adjustments. Yes. 
And sometimes, I don't know how many people feel this way, but this is just my opinion. I think he can be a little too analytically inclined. The whole franchise. It's just it's, it's a little it's a little too much. And what basically what I wrote about is games against like San Antonio Spurs, um, December nineteenth. Um, games against the Pacers. Uh, games against the Raptors, etc. Where you have on the Spurs, Lamarcus Aldridge, who's one of the best mid-range shooters of his generation. Yep. He's made a career off of fading off pick and rolls, high action pick and rolls. And he had, I think I counted, it was like six, Matt, six nearly wide open 17 footers. And that's solely because analytically speaking, despite the personnel on the court, you allow that shot over the three-point look and over Bassings at the rim. Right. And that's fine. I understand that it's 2020. I understand that analytics have taken over the league. But at the same time, when I'm looking at playoff basketball in the second and third round, if you don't make those in-game adjustments, especially when the game slows down and it really becomes a grind fest, that's not going to be a good thing. I would... I'm going to agree tentatively sort of I, I agree in a sense although the numbers would argue see that's tough because that's a game-to-game thing I, I do think that that's a game-to-game adjustment that does need to be to, to be made holistically right. speaking um they are allowing the most floater range and mid-range shots in the league and they're I think teams are shooting like bottom five efficiencies so I mm-hmm. think that that's why, like, honestly, this is not a good defensive team in terms of, like, individual defenders. And I, that was my worry preseason, and they've actually been pretty good in that facet. Um, mm-hmm. The part that stuck out to me a lot more has just been the offense. Um, they have been... The, the Utah game was tough. Um, they were just driving the ball into the hole over and over and over and over on Rudy Gobert. Uh, a lot of contested threes against a team that really defends a three-point arc well. And that's the part that's almost troubled me more. It's funny because I'm usually the guy that's like hammering home defense and you're usually like the pro offense guy and we're just flipping roles right here. So that's funny that we're arguing two different things. Um, I think cases can be made for both. I think a lot of it just speaks to in certain games, there aren't adjustments on offense and there aren't adjustments on defense on the other. Um, If you want me to be completely honest, I think he's probably closer to the back end of like a top 12, um, than like a top end coach in the league, he's. Closer. I put him with like, yeah, I put him with like Mike Malone. I'll throw think, Brett Brown in there. I'll throw Nate McMillan. I I think Mike Malone's better. I I think that he is. Ooh. I don't know. I I just like. I don't know. He I, I he's like a, like, he's in the Coach Bud school of thought where he doesn't have um. Where he doesn't. I I don't know. I. It, I, I, it's really hard for me to get a, a read for coaches, honestly. I hate I hate trying to do a coach list. Uh, almost as much yeah, I know. It's really hard for me because it's just so hard to figure out. Like this could be just really the wrong cast of players, and this all could come full circle. And Kyrie could be right, and this is actually a terrible, terrible roster for what they're running. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I just I, I, I said that. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm I'm blabbering. Go ahead. I, I, I'm just saying I can see the disparity between like a Quinn Schneider, or Eric Spolstra. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, Carlisle and Kenny Atkinson. But like, yes. like you said, it is really hard to gauge uh, NBA coaches in this league because they're either overvalued or they're undervalued. Yep. And that's what everyone says, and it couldn't be any truer. But at the same time, like I'm going to be looking at you these next 42 games. If this team really has genuine title aspirations next season, they're going to need him to be in that upper echelon. Right. They're right. going to need him to be amongst the Nick Nurses, amongst the Doc Rivers. Hell, I I, I might even consider throwing Frank Vogel in there again. He's had like this career renaissance in Los Angeles. He also has LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But that's neither here nor there. He's going to have to be amongst that top-tier coaches, is basically what I'm saying. And right right now, I don't think he's there. Okay. I I think that you are more worried about this for now. I I can't make an evaluation until until the Nets get the, uh, the full team together. That I'll That's leave you with that. But I think it's worth monitoring. I do think that there are disparities. The one that stuck out to me last year actually was when Brett Brown coached circles around Atkinson. Yeah, it was 
it wasn't really even close. Um, yeah. Which, and I don't, I don't have, I mean, I, he might be in the Brett Brown tier of coaches. Say what you will about that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think Brett Brown is bad. I think he's, he, I think he's good for the most part, but you know, I don't know. I think that the, the, the Kenny thing is worth monitoring. Um, I do think that they can make it work if they have top end talent. I mean, there's been plenty of coaches. He's like way better than a Ty Lu. Um, right. You know, like that's, that's something that I think that, uh, you know, that they can work around there. Not every coach that has won a lot of times it's a well coach team, but not every time it's like a really, really elite coach. You can make it work. Um, mm-hmm. just with top end talent alone, but no, I agree. Yeah, I, I, we'll see. Um, all right. Do we have anything else we want to hit on? Uh, do we want to, no. I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else. I think this is pretty good. I think I want to quickly reiterate that I'm happy Kyrie Irving's here. I think he's an all NBA talent. I think with Kevin Durant, he can be that second option that is considered, you know, a championship caliber type of roster. But at yep. the same time, I'm just, I'm, I think we're a little disappointed that this came out so quickly yep. after his return. Yep. I'll leave. I will also leave with a closing statement. I do agree. Um, you take this risk a hundred times out of a hundred. Russell himself said that today in a Bleacher Report article that I really need to read. Um, but this is the other side of that coin. Um, mm-hmm. This is the also the other side of a coin of, of him being the only guy on a team that was realistically like a, a lower Eastern Conference seed. Um, I think that we all expected them to finish a little bit higher. I don't think we expected him to get injured and hit and Karras get injured and all these guys kind of just be in and out of the rotation. Um, I didn't expect to see this many two way guys, whatever have you, but you know, I, I, uh, I'm what I'm hoping is that I more than ever, I want Durant to come back and play, which I think is maybe another thing that I'm a little bit scared for just a little bit. That I'm now, I'm I'm now at the point where I'm like, all right, they really need Durant to come back because if they win games, I just don't think any of this conversation happens. No, um, it doesn't. Like this podcast wouldn't be a thing. Pooch wouldn't, nope. you know, have done the pair. Like none of this would have happened if they'd been winning every game that he came back in. Yep. So no, I agree. If they were twenty three, like like I said, if they were not twenty, let's go. If they were twenty seven and thirteen, and he said, hey, we need a extra complimentary piece or we need a veteran in the locker room to kind of help us get over that hump come right. April. I'm okay with it. We don't talk about it in this negative light, but it's the fact that you're 18 and 22, you've missed 26 games or five and nine with you in the rotation. And you've also fresh off one of your worst games. Like you said, like I've ever seen Kyrie Irving play. Yep. So it's just um, timing's bad. Right now, the Bucks. And the and the Celtics are eighty one, eighty nine. I feel like that's kind of of note. Side note, complete side note. <laughs> Wait, the Bucks are up or the Celtics? Bucks are up, but they were up by like twenty early on. Kind of like the Celtics. Oh. That's my new. Uh, also ties into Kyrie. Everything ties into Kyrie with this podcast. But uh, I kind of like the Celtics. I I everybody's really team. out on them. I I I would not want to play them in a playoff series. Um, although Jesus. Brooklyn kind of matches up next pretty well to them. Matt, so. you realize that we just had like an anti-Kyrie Irving podcast and you just mentioned how much you like the Celtics? <laughs> I hate Tear the this Celtics man too. apart. <laughs> I've I've historically hated the Celtics more than any other team in the league. Historically, I always have. I don't know why. I just have never liked. Uh, I've always yeah, hated Lakers. Boston sports. I'm sorry. I know that you have like friends that are Celtics fans. Uh, I'm but, telling them this. You know, you gotta hate. I guess I'm hating on the winning because they've won a lot in the last two decades. Yeah, man, that they have. But yeah, kind of like how how they're constructed. It's a it's an interesting team. They'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, random shout out. Do you have any? <laughs> man, <laughs> why, you, you always just throw this on me. It's on like, a shout out, shout out. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, you know who immediately came to mind too when you said random shout out. Uh, honest to God, was Kyrie Irving. Um, anyway, uh... <laughs> I don't have nothing. You go ahead, Matt. Maybe maybe I'll think of something. Dude, I, I don't even know why I asked that. I don't I don't have much. Um It's been a it's been a lot. <laughs> this has been a lot. I don't know. Uh do I go to music? Is that what I do? Just default there you go to music. Ahead. <laughs> oh man. 
No, I don't want to go to music. I want to do. I want to do something else. Uh, what did I shout out last time? Did I shout out that I'm going to the Lakers game? I did shout that out with you, huh? Yeah, you did. Next oh, week. you know what? You know what? Shout out Haley O'Shaughnessy's ringer piece about Kyrie Irving. There's no way that it's going to be liked in Nets Twitter, but it was good. <laughs> Is it good? It was good. You have I, to read it. It was good. She made some good points. People aren't going to like that, but she yep. made some good points. Um. Wow, I am completely blanking. All right, I'm going to music. I'm sorry, I'm defaulting. Uh, all right, shout out to shout out to just the last couple of months of music. Griselda album, amazing. The Games album is like two disc album, really really good. Need to uh, listen to it. Yeah, really good. Under Gods, who I'd never heard of till like a week ago, also very good. Flea Lord, Dirty Restaurant, another good one. Um, it's been a great great couple of months of music. I have greatly appreciated that because there has been nothing good in the basketball world. Well, actually, it was kind of fun the last couple of games until this all happened. But at least, you know, it's kind of more fun to watch. Uh, it's mm. been the thing keeping me afloat. Um, I, I When I go through film, I usually listen to music. And uh, I greatly appreciate the end of 2019 for having a lot of good albums. So, yeah, if you ever, if you ever are – I don't know why you would look to me for Music Rex, but if you want really – uh, dusty underground recommendations i got you <laughs> california hipster you yep real hip with me that was a pretty good shout out you know you really you really salvaged that one i did i'm i'm getting good at bsing i'm inspired you know <laughs> our guy pooch <laughs> he got me like he's 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 making me feel like i need to get a little better at public speaking <laughs> i know what i know i feel you when, when i listen to that i'm like there's no possible way I can get my points across as yep. fluently and as effortlessly as he just did while also conceding to the other side of the argument while also making sure I hammer my point home. That's yep. just – he needs he, he needs to have like a full-time job. He's, he's great at what he does. He is. Um, yeah. I don't know how much we hit on the other side. I, I, I thought this went well, though. I think I got everything that I needed uh, – I, I do too. I don't know. We'll, we will we, we will obviously release into it. I'm like, oh god, I wish I never talked about that. But yeah, hey, whatever. <laughs> it's welcome to doing a podcast where it just all flows out. Um, yes, all sir. Right. I will talk to you next time. Uh, hopefully, we'll. Well, I'm assuming it'll be the three of us with Danny. Um, yeah, the I return. Appreciate you coming on. I think this was fun for both of us. This is the most I've looked forward to like an episode of really anything. Paris uh, no, podcast. Yeah. This is a, this was, I feel like this is a really, really good, uh, you know, auditory talking points, riffing. I feel liberated. I do too. I feel better about my life. I feel good. (laughs) I feel good. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Thank thank you, Kyrie. Yeah. Thank you. What a guy for giving us content. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been a slow week. It, yeah. That's a losing. (laughs) And you, and you throw out that ball. Like, thank you, man. Yeah. You needed that. Great guy. Actually, I yeah, I owe him an apology. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you next time, all right? All right, take care. Yep.